ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and All Seasons Tabletop Studio. It's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode is going to be Worldwide Door Slam Shut on Effective Treatments. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Are you on your best behavior? Always. But there's no turning back. Once again, welcome to The Undiluted Truth. I am Ben. And without any further delay, let's go ahead and welcome in our host, Mike. Hey, good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon. Great to be here again. Yes. And there is no turning back now. That is very true. That is very true. Welcome to all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers. Welcome to your life today Mm -hmm. through The Undiluted Truth. And we are just more than glad to be here. We're excited. Another yeah. another great episode, and you know, thank God for those guys at the High Wire and and other outlets. But today we're going to tap into Del Bigtree and the High Wire with some really impressive uh, information, specifically coming from an interview uh, that he has with a young lady that uh, was right in the thick of things early on. So right. Tess Laurie is her name, and that's a name that you should remember because she is very impressive. So. Hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of things going on here in the tabletop studio. Yeah, yeah, we, we do. We I, do. We I do. Just want to take a, a minute to mention that, and you can chime in. I just want and and the brain trust or Ben is behind uh, all of this. Trust. I I am just sort of an onlooker. Uh, you know. Oh boy, we've we, guys and gals. Uh, we have video on its way. Yes, and, uh, yes, I don't know. we do. We're having a little bit of uh, technical yeah. difficulties, but uh, we're we're trying to get that set up and working through that. Um, but yeah, well, that's exciting. Uh, hopefully, we can get that working fairly soon here. Coming yes, up. Yeah. looking forward to it for a couple of reasons. That will allow us into more platforms, which is extremely important. And also, yes. we're excited about getting out on the streets and doing interviews and and posting these videos for you, you know, you guys out there. So yeah, uh, I'm excited. I am too. So yeah. yeah. As long I'll, as we can get through those technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we will have to celebrate. So, um, uh, hopefully we're celebrating on air. That, that, this is true. I, I am. I'm very happy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be fun. Well, once again, welcome everybody. And we're going to get right to it here. And the first voice that you will hear is going to be Del Bigtree, and he's going to do a, an introduction of Tess Laurie and the topic of the day. So, All right. As we will typically say, without further delay, that here, is right. here's Del Bigtree on the high wire. <laughs> Smoking gun you have is the possibility that they denied life-saving treatments to those people that needed them. That is going to be the most important case that comes out of this entire pandemic. It was a worldwide shutdown of products that thousands of studies showed worked. And so that is why the focus of the high wire in our investigation has been right there, right in the heart of hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, where are the studies and who 
did the fraudulent studies? Who funded them? And why was that what Tony Fauci was talking about? Who was behind it? Well, today, um, I, we have a really unique opportunity that uh, another brilliant scientist, I think in, uh, you could call her a whistleblower, if you will, will Tess Laurie, who is deeply involved uh, in, you know, her work is, is stands for itself. She has consulted the WHO for years. Her specialty is bioethics, scientific ethics, making sure that the scientific method was in place, looking at studies to see if there were anomalies. She looks at things to say the WHO, you can trust this study. I have run it through my team and we've looked at all the potential inconsistencies and can verify that this was appropriate science. This is who the WHO goes to. So when she decided to get involved with ivermectin, it was simply because she thought, I want to make a difference in the world, just like Pierre Corey, just like Dr. Peter McCullough, just like Dr. Robert Malone. But what she has that we have not seen yet is perhaps an inside scoop. In, uh, in her work, she had a Zoom call with somebody that may be standing right in front of that smoking gun, that group or that person or that thing that killed ivermectin. I had the opportunity to sit down with her this week and have what may be one of the most important conversations we have had so far in our investigation of ivermectin. This is Tess Lurie. Okay, so I'm going to pause it quickly right here, Ben. All right. And there's a couple of things that I that I want to mention, and I don't think you can say this enough now. In his introduction, he mentioned that the door was slammed shut on thousands of studies Yes. That, that were found to be effective. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that could be said enough because what you're hearing about a lot of these drugs is is they're unsafe, they're untested, they're unstudied, which was absolute false. Right. They were thousands of studies that proved that these uh, drugs were not only effective, and, and we're highlighting ivermectin here in the, in this particular episode. So that's the first thing. Yeah. This wasn't just willy-nilly, we're going to try this. So you may hear that time and time again and, and throughout this episode, but that has to be mentioned more than one time. And also keep in mind that this was, you know, you, you hear the, the term SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. She okay. thought nothing right, yeah. yeah, she thought nothing of, of doing this because this is what they do. She's a, she's a consultant. You know, an MD, PhD, mm-hmm. and this is what she does. She did not expect any pushback. She you know, thought, well, this is what I do, you know, and, and probably in this process, thank God I'm doing all this wonderful work and we're heading in the right direction. Right. So keep that in mind as you're listening to uh, uh, Dr. Tess Laurie here and uh, just take it all in. And I'm sure we'll be, you know, you know, the way we roll, we'll be uh, pausing it uh, as we yeah, continue on. Absolutely. Okay, here we go yeah. with Tess Laurie. I'm joined right now by Tess Laurie, who is the CEO uh, of Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy and EBMC Squared. Tess, due to the magic of technology, you are in England. I am here in Texas, but the technology is putting us in the same room to have this conversation. So it's almost like we're right there together. First of all, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Dale. It's wonderful to be speaking with you today. To begin with, for people that don't know who you are or the work that you do, uh, and and what sort of puts you in the middle of this ivermectin conversation, uh, what would you say to people to understand um, your background? 
Well, I'm a medical doctor and a research consultant, and I have a company, the Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy Limited, that I've been running for the better part of the last 10 years. And what we do at EBMC Limited is that we provide um, evidence synthesis and, and help develop clinical practice guidelines. And we do this for organizations like the World Health Organization. We have no conflicts of interest, so this is why our work is really valued. And, you know, no shares in pharmaceutical companies or anything like that. And uh, we've been helping the World Health Organization develop these guidelines for, um, for 10 years. So very quickly, the WHO trusts you, trusts your objectivity, knows that when you're delivering information or looking at things for them and doing an analysis on the evidence and the science, they can trust that you have no outside influences, which is why you've developed mm. a very strong relationship with the WHO, correct? Correct. Okay. Mm. Yes. Um, so when, um, so I'm also uh, EBMC Squared, you mentioned. Now, this is a nonprofit company that I started in March last year in response to the unmet needs really to safeguard the public and, and empower them to take more control of their, of their own health um, during the COVID crisis. And uh, through that company, we have an, an initiative called the British Ivermectin Recommendation Development Initiative, which is now called BIRD International. And through that, we've been doing research and advocacy work to promote ivermectin as a safe and effective treatment for COVID. Now, in your work, mm. do, you, do you often investigate drugs and vaccines and things like that? Is that sort of your wheelhouse? Uh, when you say, you know, you do evidence, you work with the WHO, what are the types of things that you tend to look at and, and, and focus your investigations on? So what I do is... Um, is, um, well, we'll, we'll get, you know, a list of interventions that need to be evaluated for a, a condition. Um, for example, I've worked on the antenatal care guideline uh, for a positive pregnancy experience. These are documents like this. And in, in these documents, there's so 40 or so interventions um, that may be assessed for effectiveness and safety. Um, Mm. Uh, not only effectiveness and safety, actually, we look at uh, the acceptability and feasibility, the cost effectiveness and equity uh, uh, implications, and also whether what people's values and preferences are related to interventions. So there's a whole lot of different sorts of evidence that we, um, we uh, integrate into a, what's called an evidence to decision framework. And we prepare these documents and then uh, usually I would go to Geneva, for, uh, for example, and present the evidence in front of a panel of stakeholders that would range from, you know, doctors to country representatives. I would assist in guiding them to make a recommendation on whether to recommend an intervention uh, in certain contexts, for example, research, uh, whether to, to recommend outright or, or not to recommend because there is uh, insufficient evidence on, on effectiveness or concerns around harms. All right, great. Um, so... Now let's get into ivermectin. Um, what got you into ivermectin? Did WHO reach out to you, or was this something that you sort of decided to investigate on your own? No, uh, it was not a commissioned piece of work. When COVID broke out, I wanted to do something useful, uh, and uh, I didn't really um, have the opportunity. I wasn't working with the COVID team at WHO, but I kept an eye on, on what was happening. Uh, I was concerned about the lack of evidence base uh, of an evidence base to support most of the strategies that um, the authorities were recommending. And, uh, and then I saw Pierre Corey's testimony. Uh, somebody sent it to me actually on the 26th of, of December. So it was quite, it was a few weeks after he'd actually done it. 
And, uh, and I thought, well, I know everyone at WHO is going to be on holiday at this time. Um, let me just quickly do a, a, a rapid review on the evidence based on the studies that Pierre uh, Corey and his team had included in the review. All right, so very quickly, very quickly, Tess, let me go ahead and play that video because we saw it too here on the high wire. This is Pierre Corey in the Senate um, speaking about the ivermectin, really announcing that he believed there was a treatment. Take a look at this. We have evidence that ivermectin is effective not only in prophylaxis, in the prevention. If you take it, you will not get sick. We just came across a trial last night from Argentina by the lead investigator of ivermectin in Argentina, Dr. Hector Carvalho. They prophylaxed 800 healthcare workers. Not one got sick. In the 400 that they didn't prophylax with ivermectin, 58% got sick. 237 of those 400 got sick. Wow. If you take it, you will not get sick. It has immense and potent antiviral activity. We know that from the first study in Monash, it has made the bench to the bedside. Prophylaxis, we now have four large randomized controlled trials totaling over 1,500 patients, each trial showing that as a prophylaxis agent, it is immensely effective. You will not get sick. You will be protected from getting ill if you take it. <clears throat> in early outpatient treatment, we have three randomized controlled trials and multiple observation as well as case series showing that if you take ivermectin, the need for hospitalization and death will decrease. The most profound evidence we have is in the hospitalized patients. We have four randomized control trials there, multiple observation trials, all showing the same thing. You will not die, or you will die at much, much, much lower rates. Statistically significant, large magnitude results if you take ivermectin. It is proving to be a wonder drug. It has already won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2015 for its impacts on global health in the eradication of parasitic diseases. It is proving to be an immensely powerful antiviral and anti-inflammatory agent. It is critical for its use in this disease. So he okay, so I'm going to pause it uh, just, uh, just to tell our listeners that was on December the 7th in uh, 2020. So that's oh, when wow. that, that hearing wow. was. So okay. that's how long it was. And, and not only that, he was there earlier, earlier that year in the, in the summer okay. speaking. So, it, but of course, here with more information, more trials done and and successful, mm -hmm. just unbelievable information and success with that drug. So here, Tess Laurie is had this <laughs> testimony sent to her, right? And what I appreciate about her, and and, and she, you know, in her t uh, just interview moments ago, is that I think it's important to know that. They, her, and and the people that she works with in their organization, totally unbiased. You know, they're they're not out there to be bought and paid for. And, and it don't, right. don't, you know, don't get me wrong. Anybody can be bought and paid for and influenced, but the things that they do, as far as trying to help individuals take care of themselves, provide good health practices. And and of course, you know, on the screen they they were showing even even in the anatal and and you know prenatal as far yeah. as that goes, what you can do for good health and 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 that went all the way down with nutrition and so forth. So, mm -hmm. but they are totally independent and 
and bring information and and confirmations on studies that they do, assisting and particularly in this case the WHO. So yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, yeah. it, it's interesting to know that. I don't think she had ever heard of Pierre Corey until someone sends her this, and she's like, "Wow!" And oh, it, yeah, oh, that was Pierre Corey. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah, that, that sorry, was Pierre. I, I, was Dr. Having a, I was having a brain. Yeah, that was Doctor Pierre Corey in well one of the yeah the testimonies I was, there in the Senate. Yeah, because I was about to ask you when I saw the the room shot there. Yeah, um, guys, we have video, so I can actually see what Mike's showing now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I was about to ask like. Is this at that round table that we talked about? No, I was about to ask that because yeah. I was like, okay, well, that looks interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, thank yeah. you for clearing that up. December, but that was back in December, December of 2020. 2020. Wow. Yeah, we're in 2022 wow. now. I mean, it yeah. tells you how long ago that was. So yeah. this was right in the middle of everything, and it, it, right. it was, you know, hey, we, you know, and the excitement, you could hear him. Oh, yeah. There was yeah, excitement yeah. and frustration. Right, Guys, yeah. this is what we need to do, and it's almost Absolutely. as if, what's the holdup? But here yeah. is another vein of this running through here with the group that Tess Laurie is representing. Uh, okay. That is okay. Well, boy, this is worthy to be excited about. So let's move on it. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. I wanted to just make those points, and we'll we'll continue on here. Right. Obviously, made very strong statements for a doctor. He's reticent about, but he said, "I am saying it's a miracle cure." Obviously. Very big statements. He has. He talks about a body of scientists that he's been working with. So you decided to try and evaluate the information that he was referencing, the studies that they were pointing to. Um, and so what did you see there? I must just point out, it was very strange to me to see a doctor having to stand and beg before politicians to use a safe old medicine. So my curiosity <laughs> wow. was piqued. And so mm. I looked at, uh, I included the randomized controlled trials, and I also included the observational controlled studies that I assessed as being of higher quality. And when I pulled the data, it was clear to me that ivermectin was um, most likely a game changer for us and that it should be used for both prevention and treatment. And in actual fact, that um, it really made placebo-controlled trials unethical because you couldn't give a placebo to somebody after looking at that body of evidence uh, it was clear you had to at least um, uh, give them a give them a chance with ivermectin. Mm. And and you're talking. I like that. I like that statement. She's. It was so overwhelmingly effective. Yeah. Don't yeah. even waste your time with a placebo. They need a chance to to know right, that, right, yeah. something that is going to work. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about a drug that is, you know, when we think about emergency use authorizations or things like that. This was not a brand new drug. We, it wasn't one that we didn't know the safety profile on. It's being used uh, all over the world. Millions of people have been using it. Um, so, you know, what were the benefits of ivermectin? You know, you, you know Ivermectin's on, it's actually on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. And, and to be on that list, it's got to be incredibly safe. And, you know, it is actually available over the counter in many countries to treat worms and scabies. Uh, it's only during the COVID time suddenly all these restrictions have been placed on its use and supply. So, oh, um, yeah, I, at the time I, I thought, uh, well, this is going to be easy. <laughs> you know, all I have to do is share this information with my colleagues at WHO, um, share it with the UK wow. authorities, um, uh, the, the US authorities uh, and, and others. 
and then I can just get back to work. You know, that was my holiday, um, my holiday work. And I shared it with -hmm. with the UK authorities and WHO, and there was no response. And and at that time, there were, you know, certainly on the news, it seemed like uh, tens of thousands of people were dying every day. And Mm. so a few days went past. A couple of days, I reached out to Dr. Andrew Hill, um, and it was Pierre Corey who put me in touch with him. Okay. Um, uh, Pierre let me know that, in fact, WHO had a consultant already working on ivermectin. So I emailed Andrew Hill and I said, let's work together. I can give you all my data. How can I help you? How can I support the work that you're doing? And so to be clear, Andrew Hill is at the WHO. He's a consultant for them. He is uh, sort of working on COVID, looking at ivermectin. Pierre Corey has already been interacting with him. And so you said, let me jump in and help. Just th- those are sort of the players. Who else, who else are you talking to on Pierre Corey's side? Well, in actual fact, um, that wasn't really how it works. Uh, Andrew Hill was, uh, he's at uni- the University of Liverpool. Okay. And so he's not actually at the WHO. And he was employed by Unitaid, it seems, who collaborates with WHO a lot. But um, he certainly was the, the appointed WHO consultant to do the review. They were mm. presenting at the NIH on, I think, the 6th or 7th of January. And, um, they being, I still they being who? Who's the they that's going to be presenting um, at NIH? Pierre Corey. Um, Pierre Corey and Paul Marek, okay. um, doctors from the Frontline Critical Care Alliance. Okay, so it's a couple of things. And then you saw, saw a picture there of, of, of Paul yeah. Marek. He he was he was also in the, the the most recent round table, and he was the older gentleman that spoke of having to sit there and watch his patients die, and he got right. choked up and teared up. That was him. Okay, uh, and, and Pierre Corey was underneath him. But important to 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 point out here, the WHO doesn't necessarily have their own doctors that are that are go into a lab and look this information over, study it, and whatever. Right, they. They reach out outside of the organization, and two people like the you know the two doctors mentioned here, yeah, uh, with Tess Laurie and this other uh, doctor from Liverpool, that are part of other organizations mm-hmm. to assist in studying and and sort of investigating and and doing trials and so right. forth, and then reporting back. Yeah, so very interesting to me. But- uh, and 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 as and as this as this develops a little bit further on, I'm 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 interested to know what is going to be the reaction of what they're finding. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. And I was just wondering because she mentioned, uh, I forget. No oh, man, brain fart again. I forget who she mentioned, but she mentioned January. Now is that because there? This is in December that the Pierre Corey said what he said. So I'm wondering what the what would January say, this is, but I, maybe she'll clear that. I up. would say it was 2021. That's yeah, yeah. that's what I was gonna. I'm I'm, wonder. I'm sure it was. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's roll on. And um, and Andrew Hill. So the three of them presented were presenting to the NIH, and I'd still had no news mm. from the UK authorities. So I made a video appeal to the the. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, just to say, look, I'm a WHO consultant. I've done this uh, evidence synthesis. Uh, it looks like we've got a safe, established old medicine that works for 
prevention and treatment of COVID. I've reached out to your um, Minister of Health. Um, he's got my details. Please, can you contact me? All right, so let me, we have that video. So let me just play that very quickly so that we see, you know, what you sent to, as a sort of plea to Boris Johnson. Here, here it is. Dear Prime Minister, my name is Dr. Tess Laurie, and I'm the Director of the Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy in Bath. My business conducts industry-independent medical evidence synthesis to support international clinical practice guidelines. My biggest clients are the National Health Service and the World Health Organization. I have recently authored a report called Ivermectin for Preventing and Treating COVID-19 a rapid review to validate the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance's conclusions. In connection with its findings, I sent an urgent correspondence to Mr. Hancock and other members of Parliament on Monday the 3rd of January. Unfortunately, I have not yet had a reply, and due to the urgent implications of the report, I'm trying to reach you via this video. The good news is that we now have solid evidence of an effective treatment for COVID-19. It is called ivermectin. Ivermectin is a very safe and effective anti-parasitic medication widely used in low and middle income countries to treat worms, lice and scabies in both adults and children. It has been around for decades and not only is it on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines, it is a Nobel Prize winning medicine due to its increasing usefulness across a range of different illnesses. Between Christmas and New Year, I independently reviewed 27 studies presented by the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance as evidence of ivermectin's effectiveness. The resulting evidence is consistent and unequivocal. Ivermectin works well both in preventing COVID infections and in preventing deaths at the, at the same doses used to treat lice and other parasitic infections. I am very pleased to inform you that this evidence solidly substantiates the FLCC's recommendation that ivermectin should be adopted globally and systematically for the prevention and treatment of COVID-19. Because I know there is a lot of fake news going about, I would like to assure you that you can trust the integrity of my report because I'm an, I'm an experienced independent medical research consultant whose work is routinely used to underpin international clinical practice guidelines. In addition, I have no conflict of interest and have received no funding for this report. Mm. But most of all, you can trust me because I am also a medical doctor, first and foremost, with a moral duty to help people, to do no harm, and to save lives. Amen. Please yes. may we start saving lives now. Amen. Thank you very much for your help. Mr. Hancock's office should have my details. All right. So mm. you make this appeal to Boris Johnson. You have Pierre Corey, uh, uh, Merrick and uh, Hill are all going to the NIH to have a conversation. And I'm assuming at this point, everyone must be very excited. Like we we have a cure. We can this pandemic. Essentially, we've got something that can really make a difference. So you must have been excited at that moment. Yeah, I was really excited, but also I was getting a little bit worried that nothing had happened, you know, that there'd been no response because on the emails I'd put urgent, you know, and I'm available to talk anytime mm. and, and nothing really happened. And I know that um, uh, Dr. Corey and 
and Marek were, were really disappointed with their meeting at the NIH. And mm. so I reached out again to... Why were they disappointed, if you don't mind my asking? I mean, what was the sense of what had happened at NIH? Well, it was that they had been very underwhelmed by the evidence. They hadn't said, wow, you know, thanks very much. We can, you know, we'll, we'll move on this. So, you know, they, uh, they were hopeful, but I, I, I still got a sense that they were disappointed and it hadn't quite gone as they had hoped. And so I said to Andrew Hill, let's work together and do a Cochrane review, a Cochrane-style review, because... I know from my work with WHO that this is the, the style of evidence that that um, gets you know that they like. It's a very methodological approach, and uh, and he agreed to come on board to do with our team to do a rapid review. And I put together quite a strong team. Between us, we'd done more than 120 Cochrane reviews, supported mm. other authors to do Cochrane reviews. So we were a really strong team. So just. Just so that we're clear, your work with Andrew Hill, I just want to give people a sense of where he was at, you thought emotionally as you were working with him. Here's a couple of tweets he had put out, excited about, you know, he's his working with Pierre Corey, um, Dr. Merrick. And so here's, a, here's a, a couple of tweets, just so we have a sense of who Andrew Hill is. Ivermectin is showing effects on viral clearance, hospitalization, and survival across a wide range of randomized trials in different countries. Difficult to see how bias assessment could change such consistent treatment effects Excluding studies with any bias is too extreme. Ivermectin treatment is leading to faster viral clearance in several randomized trials. Could this lower the risk of SARS-CoV-2 transmission? Treatment as prevention works for HIV. Ivermectin mm. meta-analysis mm. reported in the yeah. Financial Times. The purpose of this report is to forewarn people that this is coming. Get prepared. Get supplies. Get ready to approve it, Dr. Hill said. We need to be ready. So obviously he was really pro the work that you were doing. He was as excited as you were. But then you get this document that is the one that it's like a preprint of what he's planning on going forward with after you're all working together. You're supplying him with the evidence. You're supplying him with details. Have a team of people giving it to him. But the paper is not what you expected. Is that my sort of stating that clearly? Okay, it's a good time to pause it right there. Uh, you, could, you could almost feel the buildup no. So apparently, let's just read between the lines from the get-go. It sounds like uh, that Andrew Hill had been sort of bought uh, mm. because yeah. he he was gung ho. He was part of the team. He was excited. He was he was all aboard with this product, right? And 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 not all excited because it had the right number of vowels and consonants in the name. It was tested, and the people it was helping people. And mm -hmm. he was like, "Let's let's get let's get going on this thing right away." And then all of a sudden, I think this is the proverbial door that's getting ready to be slammed, yeah, in in Tess Laurie's face. Uh, so, really, it's you know, I tell you when you when you hear the voice of people like Tess Laurie, Doctor Pierre Corey. And and great job with with Dell with with the information and, and the interview. But even though we we may have talked ivermectin to death, mm -hmm. the the thing is is it still works. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of strain you have, what kind of uh, 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 variant or whatever the name you want to call it. Right. That 
product works. And one thing that she mentioned when in her little uh, uh, video to uh, 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 Boris Johnson was that it's effective and works with the same dose that they use for parasitic yeah. issues. Yeah. So we don't have to double it up, triple it up, or whatever. Just take it as been recommended. It's been used for years upon years. Right. 100% safe. Yeah. And let's get let's get going. Yeah. And two things that stick out with me, and we've kind of got to wrap this one up here, is that they were expecting, you know, you know, uh, Dr. Merrick and Pierre Corey were at the NIH, not the WHO, but the you know National National Institute mm-hmm. of Health. Okay, and they were presenting this same information there, and it was like, oh, okay, we'll 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 look into it. I mean, that's the way this. Right. It, it was. It, she said they were underwhelmed. It's like it's like you don't need to look into it. We're telling you it's yeah. been looked into. Let's do this. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, you know, you would think that really. I mean, think about it. If it's if it was a family member uh-huh. that was ill and somebody exactly. comes to you with this information and you went, well, I got to look into it, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, really? Exactly. Come on. I mean, the, we can save lives here. And then the one scene they yeah. showed all the caskets and people dying by the, by the droves. This is absolutely insane. You know, it gets me worked up all over again. And you know what? People are still dying today, Ben. Yeah. People are yeah, still dying today. There's drugs out there. And unfortunately, and I'm just going to just say it, I mean, there's idiots out there that, that think, well, don't take that. That's some horse dewormer. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Uh, at, these are the heroes that, that we, we are <laughs> watching here, the ones that have done all the work, the ones that are still out there telling people about these products. So Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that sort of wraps it up for for uh, part right. one of this, and we'll have uh, we'll have another episode of this uh, for sure. So, All anyway, right. yeah, good stuff. Yeah, well, let's uh, definitely a little different there. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close up. Father in heaven, we thank you again for this time to, to share truth to share information that, that, that many around uh, this globe may not have. We thank you for all of those that are standing up and doing the research and still, you know, shouting from the rooftops, shouting through their megaphones, bullhorns, whatever. Um, we thank you for them. We ask for a special prayer upon them and their families to be protected, to be guided and led. Give them, as well as us here in this studio, the mental, the physical strength to continue to do what we're doing. And if there is anything that we can do or say in any special way to get the attention of those that we're addressing, whether it be in person or here, we ask that your spirit speak through us. Mm -hmm. And we give you permission, Father, to work in our lives. And as we always say here, that as we part ways, May every intent of our thoughts be pure. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, and uh, join us again next time 
on the undiluted truth. God bless.